0: Today we are welcoming back Edwin Estevez to the Race to Value podcast for a bonus episode to reflect on recent circumstances that have affected the Rio Grande Valley community. We're gonna get into this a little bit more with Edwin just in a, in a minute or two, but um, I wanted to share with our listeners today um, some of the grim statistics that are affecting uh, the community with regard to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, the valley right now has become a landscape of prayers, graves, sorrows. Um, that's a, actually a, a quote from a recent newspaper article talking about just the um, how the hospitals are overrun, 2,000 hospital beds in Hidalgo County, all of them full, um, scores of bodies apparently are lying in refrigerated trailers. There's hundreds of contract nurses that are coming in from out of state. Um, This is a community that has a a COVID-19 death rate of 17 per 100,000. The rest of the state of Texas has three per 100,000. The reason why the death rate is so high um, has to do uh, partly because of the risk factors associated with the population, 60 percent of residents in Hidalgo County are diabetic or pre-diabetic and 90 percent of the population is Latino. Um, which is a group that is dying uh, from the virus at much higher rates than white Americans are. So I, I wanted our listeners today to really appreciate what's going on in the Rio Grande Valley community and have your thoughts and prayers with them at this important moment of time. You know, I think about the power of attitude and how our lives are not determined by what happens to us, but by how we react to what happens not with what life brings us but by the attitude we bring to life and I think a positive attitude as demonstrated by Edwin Estevez and his leadership can be a spark to create resiliency in the Rio Grande Valley community. Daniel, can you share with us uh, and our listeners before we hand it over to Edwin what some of your thoughts are and, and how we can use our platform to help support um, Edwin and his community?
1: yeah, Eric, I'd be happy to talk about the the resources and and I want to just mention, you know since we interviewed Edwin and in addition to the challenges that Eric, you've described, Rio Grande Valley was hit with Hurricane Hannah over the weekend. so they're dealing with increased struggles as they have infrastructure challenges and emergency situation that's um, adding to the difficulties already associated with their with their COVID challenges. So we wanted to highlight a couple resources that uh, and and places that we as you know healthcare industry friends of Edwin and professionals we can support Edwin and his community in their time of need. Uh, there's the Red Cross that needs volunteers. The Salvation Army is um, providing shelter and food, and then there's the Rio Grande Valley Food Bank. And Edwin will list some others as well. But um, go to those sources and and reach out to Edwin. He offers his email address and so reach out to him and and offer your help we definitely are positioned well to be able to help a community that needs our help right now so we're really glad to have Edwin back with us today We, we hope you our listeners can gain a better understanding of the challenges that they're facing and appreciate the power of positive leadership and most importantly be thoughtful about how you can help
0: Today is July 31st, and we welcome back Edwin Estevez to the Race to Value podcast with some timely updates about what's going on in the Rio Grande Valley community. Welcome back, Edwin, to our podcast. Sorry, it has to be under um, a somber note today.
2: Uh, thanks, Eric. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been definitely a, a time to reflect and to ponder. Uh, how to pivot from from the conditions that we're facing. But uh, glad to be with you.
0: Well, you were last with us on July 7th, and your first episode, uh, our first episode with the Race to Value podcast is with you, is going to come out on Monday. But in the few weeks since we last spoke, a lot has happened in the Rio Grande Valley community. Um, just as a reminder to our listeners, the Rio Grande Valley is on the southernmost tip of Texas along the US-Mexico border. And uh, about a third of families live in poverty. Nearly half of the residents have no health insurance and obesity, diabetes, and heart disease are pretty widespread. And we went into that a little bit in our uh, initial interview. Since we last spoke with Edwin, th- the headlines have been pretty pretty startling, um, what we're seeing. The New York Times says that coronavirus cases are in the Rio Grande Valley are a straight up trajectory. The L.A. Times, citing specifically the situation there in the community, says that we're in hell right now, which is a quote I think that was given by the judge of Hidalgo County. And uh, CNN even says that there's a tsunami of patients. You know, today Edwin, we wanted you to give us some insight about what's going on in the community. Uh, Our our listeners are. Are here to to help, and we wanted to use our platform in any way to to be able to tell your story and and hopefully get the help that could be used in the community to to benefit those that are um, dealing not only with the coronavirus, but then you, last weekend you had a hurricane, <laughs> and you know the hurricane, as I understand, you had it was a category one. You had about 15 inches of rain, and it's just a compounding uh, variable to have to deal with. So, can you? give us a little bit of perspective on you know, how the community is coming together and being resilient and how the healthcare community is supporting patients that are dealing with displacement from the hurricane as well as the um, coronavirus?
2: Yeah, thanks, Eric. Uh, absolutely. I think the phrase, when the rains, it pours, it really uh, came to life uh, to us last weekend as we manage quite a bit of, of an uptick on cases and, and obviously the lagging indicator of deaths. As, as we sit here today, uh, we've become uh, kind of a little bit of the epic center here in Texas. About 10% of all deaths are coming from Hidalgo County. 95% of ICU activity is is uh, taking over, if you will, uh, the ICUs and and so pretty full Obviously, our offices and offices across the valley are incredibly busy trying to engage patients through telemedicine. Significant amount of testing has also taken place uh, over the last several weeks, as we have seen several days of a thousand plus cases positive. The good thing, good news is over the last uh, two, three days, Um, that has tempered down a little bit, which hopefully is a good sign of some form of stabilization. But the last 30 days have been significantly uh, driven by crisis. Um, As we talk to our colleagues and hospital uh, administrators, as well as um, our our folks in critical care, uh, they are overwhelmed, absolutely overwhelmed. Uh, We've received great help from um, state government and as well as local government in terms of ensuring that additional uh, capacity has been sent to the valley to to address uh, some of these conditions our our offices again are, are significantly impacted in so many ways because the workflow is is uh, interrupted a uh, number of interventions have to be done through telemedicine uh, which in this context then provides additional uh, hurdles given the intensive home visitation program uh, that most of our uh, ACO programmatic design is is associated with and so that gets interrupted quite a bit uh, we've intensified chronic care management we've intensified some of the other services associated with that just to make sure uh, that our patients are getting we've got a partnership out with the food bank to ensure that that those who have food insecurity issues are are attended to during this particular time and as you mentioned Uh, Just this past weekend, uh, we get hit pretty hard uh, with a hurricane uh, that then ultimately created other challenges in communities like this and obviously in geography and topography like the one that we're in. uh, Drainage is a big problem. And so uh, flooding across the valley was very prevalent during the past 48 to 72 hours. A number of damages to property as a result of the wind also came in. And so now that interrupts also health in so many different ways, given some of the the accumulated side effects, if you will, of, of flooding and, and everything else that comes with it. And so we have been overwhelmed, to say the least. Uh, and obviously, if I were to express to you and to the audience uh, kind of what it feels like is, is exactly that one little drop on a full glass of water that just literally kind of overruns the the glass. Uh, We have been uh, quite exhausted uh, for these last 30 to 45 days.
1: Edwin, you know, reading the news immediately after the hurricane, we we see that you had a, a number of emergency shelters that were opened, and I think nine or 10 of those, and they reached capacity really quickly. Can you give us an update on what's happening with the people who've been displaced and how you're accessing them and and
2: managing their care needs uh yeah i i as you mentioned uh dan that the shelters got the capacity rather quickly and that created then an overflow uh, need a a couple of uh, the local agencies like uh, salvation army and some of the other folks um have uh, addressed some of those needs by expanding some of the uh, shelters uh, churches have uh, places of worship have also uh, come together and been able to expand some of that um, some of that need but but the reality in the valley is that that most folks uh, will try to uh, solve with what they got uh, in the place they got and so Uh, the county uh, declare obviously an emergency state and so some of those services get out to the colonias uh, the smaller neighborhoods around that that don't have access to the same uh, level of service that that most of the neighborhoods have and so that that creates a challenge but some of that some of the services have been deployed out to the colonias and and that gives an opportunity at least to be able to assess how Uh, They are conditioned. uh, And again, uh, the county commissioners and and the county management, county authorities have taken a proactive step in ensuring that 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 assessment is done well and that people are attended to accordingly.
0: Edwin, can you give our listeners a sense of how the community is pulling together through this? Is there a sense of solidarity and and, uh, everyone uniting and coming together to help solve the problems of today?
2: You know, uh, thanks, Eric, for that question. Uh, this the valley is an amazing community. It's a community driven by a sense of solidarity, a sense of of being together, a sense of pulling one another towards towards progress, if you will. But the spirit of the community is well put together. and so people raise raise their heads and and ultimately their spirits are up. Um, there's a lot of interdependency that exists. Uh, and therefore, that creates uh, an opportunity for people to help one another. Uh, the agencies that are uh, locally based, they activate their services immediately, uh, and they reach out. You can see quite a bit of activity on the, the news media trying to ensure that people are getting the right level of source resources. There are some structural things and some systemic things um, that are still present, and that need to be addressed eventually. And obviously. Uh, When the accumulation of negative waves ultimately uh, impact you and they impact you very sequentially and prominently as we've had over the last 30 to 45 days, again, when it rains, it pours. And so therefore, uh, we need to continue to pay attention to those, uh, access to the resources, some of these social influencers that still affect folks, transportation, housing, obviously drainage is a big issue, just as simple as. Drainage where the accumulation of of bad infrastructure has now created additional problems over the course of time So um, our community is strong. Our community is fortified by each other's desires and wishes uh, And we're, we're we look forward to to continue fighting
1: Edwin in our last conversation, and now you've you've given us a view of of this strong community and you know this innovative community where people come together to solve their problems. We're really rooting for you and wish you all the best. And on that note, want to be able to help as much as we can. And so, again, to Eric's comment earlier, we felt it was important to be able to to put a spotlight on your current situation there and ask our listeners to be able to step up and help. So there are a few ways that we can do that. Um, I'm aware of the food bank that you mentioned. If our listeners go to foodbankrgv.com, they can make donations that stay in the area and go to help the residents there. Uh, You mentioned the Salvation Army. Uh, I know the Red Cross is also willing to take volunteers. Are there any other resources or or where would you point people to be able to help and and Speaking of which, we have a lot of healthcare professionals. And, you know, is there a need for for additional healthcare professionals to make their way to Texas and, and help you guys out through this?
2: Yeah, thanks, uh, uh, Dan. I, I think that those three are definitely the leads uh, in the community right now that are, uh, from a volunteer standpoint, uh, that are kind of uh, leading the charge there on the healthcare side. Um, a, a strong partnership with South Texas Health System at uh, universal health services uh, is also taking play uh, as they have brought additional nurses. Uh, obviously, all the hospital systems in the area have done uh, pretty similar activity. um if If the people you know listening to this are motivated by wanting to help, uh, what I will do, is just uh, provide my information and and reach out to me directly if if necessary. Uh, so that we can assess more or less where that help actually is most needed. Over the course of the next week or two, there'll be some conversations assessing uh, where the interventions have gone and what's still missing and where the gaps, community need gaps, are still existing so that we can deploy the services um, accordingly. But for sure, those three, and obviously RGBACO, Uh, would be a a definitely, and some of the other partners around ACO like uh, Prominence Health Plan, uh, Rio Grande Valley Health Alliance, South Texas Clinical Partners ACO. Um, We have come together to actually uh, build opportunities to be able to provide the services necessary. We've done mass drives, we've done uh, food distribution, um, and uh, we even were able to engage into a testing site. Uh, So those kinds of things are taking place. Um, so definitely uh, reach out to me if necessary, and I'll be able to redirect some of those uh, some of those uh, services accordingly.
1: Edwin, do you want people connecting on LinkedIn? Do you want to share email, a phone number?
2: Yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. yeah, if if um, you want to reach out to me, please do so um, by reaching me at uh, e Estevis and that's e s and San t, Tom, e. V victor e z zebra at rgv Uh and uh, that'll give you a chance to connect there and and i'll definitely provide you with with uh, uh, information where you can actually contribute uh, your donations or your help or even your prayers as as we continue to go through what we're going through
0: Thank you, Edwin, for joining us today and telling your story and your leadership in the community will definitely be a key component to help pulling everything together that's needed to support patients during this uh, important time.
2: Thank you guys very much. And uh, we look forward to, to better days ahead.
0: Absolutely. Hang in there. Good luck and God bless you.
2: Thank you much. Thank you much.